Welcome to another episode of Rage Gear Studio, the podcast. Hey guys, welcome to another episode. This time around, we've got an awesome artist, performer, influencer, designer, you name it, Christian Cimarroni. How are you? Yay! <laughs> I'm doing well. I'm very flattered by that intro. <laughs> did you, did I say your name right? Yes, you did. <laughs> I get it. I get it a lot. Like people, um, but it just you know that sounded Italian, so I said it that way. <laughs> I, I believe the Italian like pronunciation is with like a, a ch sound, but it, in in America, you know, it's it's Cimarroni, so everyone thinks it's like an s. But <laughs> it's... so how would you say it? <laughs> yeah, uh, Cimarroni. It's and then Italian would be like Cimarroni. So oh, it's a hard ch. Mm-hmm, yeah. Oh, well, welcome. We're so excited <laughs> to have you on. Thanks. I'm really excited to be here. <laughs> big fans of your work and all you do, you just put out all these good vibes on the internet. <laughs> like it, It's nice to put a voice to it all. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I, I try. Um, I love your work as well. So, <laughs> oh, Thanks. <Yeah. laughs> you have, I don't know, you have this awesome skill of just like curating as well. Like you just you just keep introducing us to new awesome work on top of like the stuff that you already do. Cause I mean, it's jaw dropping there. And then you have, there's so many other people. Is that, is that time consuming to like, just, or did people just show up and be like, Hey, I'm, I draw too. Look at me. Oh yeah. Def- definitely. I'm um, not time consuming. You know, it's, it, it's like probably the easiest thing I can do is like just share work, especially now um, on Instagram. So I'm I'm always super happy to do it. And, you know, I love hearing that, you know, like you just said, I'm able to, like, introduce people to other new, like, artists, especially queer artists, um, because I think, you know, that's that's kind of like, I've made that kind of like my goal, I guess, with my Instagram. It's just like... There is definitely, yeah, there is definitely a push for that because Instagram has, they're not always the kindest to queer artists. Oh, yeah, it's been very, very recently, too. It's gotten worse so um yeah i'm always happy to to do that there's been i mean other than the hacking there's just been a lot of accounts just shut down just because mm-hmm. somebody reports it and they don't like it yeah yeah it's a shame um but again like you're thank you for introducing all those people thank you for sharing your work phenomenal like it, it's so hard to you go. We can see the intersectionality in what you do. Like you're oh. definitely like all your in, all your interests, which is what makes us like ind- individuals as artists is like all our life experiences, and you combine them all and you lay them all out for us to see. Oh, thank so. you. That that that's good to hear because sometimes I'm worried it's like all over the place or a bit chaotic. With no, 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 no. <laughs> oh, not at all. It, you just have a distinctive style. It just I makes think. it you. It just makes it right. you when you make it. And I I feel what you're saying. I feel that when you have an account that's a particular style of art, like how you you consider what's identifying as you, and you deviate from that, it confuses. It can confuse people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah. I th- I think we do that a lot. I think our our work is all over the place, also. <laughs> but either way, it's it still just comes down to it's you, and mm-hmm. like what from what I've seen, what, mm-hmm. what what's you is I've seen the the fashion. Mm-hmm. the comics i've seen the movies i've seen the pop culture and how do you can we go through your favorites yeah of course um so when I, it comes to fashion like where where do you go um i i kind of like i think like i don't know i it's it's tricky because i don't like study fashion as as like closely as i do pop culture i guess okay. um but I just sort of, you know, like if I see something on Instagram that I like, that'll like make me gravitate gravitate towards like a designer. Um, I think like obviously like, you know, people that are more um, uh, avant garde uh, with their fashion is like what inspires me. And I think like, you know, that's that's evident in like the costume design that I that I like to illustrate or like, you know, with drag. Like drag is larger than life. Like avant garde looks. Um, so I think like that kind of all like works together um, in why I'm interested in it. <laughs> and um, I think people like, you know, Alexander McQueen, um, Victor and Rolf. Um, I really like 
uh, Gautier's work, especially like the fashion illustrations from the nineties. Like those are, those have been a huge inspiration for me, like ever since I saw them. Um, and uh, yeah, I just. Uh, McQueen, about- you're right. Alexander McQueen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brilliant. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely brilliant. There was an exhibit here in, at the MoMA mm-hmm. not, a few years ago. And I mean, it's sad that he's no longer with us, but wow. Like the, the pieces still speak. Like he had a whole Joan of Arc series that was just amazing. Yeah, I love that series. Um, I just actually like looked at that for something I was like uh, trying to come up with in design. Um, oh my God, spoilers. <laughs> what, are you, what, are you do, what are you doing? What are you doing? Um, I don't know if I can say, but oh. I was looking at referencing the, the work at the moment. And, and I found it was like the pieces, like the metal pieces are like all they're like little squares of metal like on the face and go like all down the body and then there's like a dress over it i think um yeah but i think that's like definitely from that line but um yeah i I really wanted to see that exhibit my friends said all my friends that went said it was like so incredible and then that's just the fashion aspect like we can go on there's just so many even i just follow the fashion weeks Mm -hmm. they happen whenever you know because it's it's once a year and they're all changing and you know, just following different accounts online, you see all these, like you said, the over-the-top stuff, and that's the that's the ones that grab you. Yeah, definitely. Is there anyone recently that you just discovered? Um, it's funny because I think, I well, I really like um Christian Cowan. I love their work. I like uh, Jeremy Scott. Yes. Um, and uh, I really like, um, I think Jonathan Majors. I hope I'm getting that name right. They're really great too. And then uh, so many drag queens on like drag race right now are doing like um, Iris Van Herpen like looks, which are like those uh, sculptural like in motion dresses. Um, the ones that move? Like the... Yeah, they, they, they like move while like on the models while they're walking. And it's, it's incredible. I, I can't even wrap my mind like around how you create those. But um, I, I would also be like... So uh, <laughs> I, w- I would go into a conniption fit if like a drag queen's like, can you recreate this for me? <laughs> I'm like, I don't know if I have the funds or time to do that. <laughs> have you, do you, re- do you create looks? Are you, do you also sew? I mean, is that, that's one of the requirements? <laughs> no, I, I would not do well in drag race because I do not sew. Um, <laughs> it's probably why I've never auditioned, but <laughs> among other reasons. But um, yeah, I, uh, yeah, I, I don't, I, I love drawing fashion, but one of the reasons I like went into illustration and not fashion design is because like, I'm not interested in constructing it. Um, that like really stresses me out and like my mind just doesn't work that way. So I just like illustrating it, I guess. No, oh, I, I can totally get that. Um, I, I think in a 2d space rather than the 3d and bringing, yeah. it, you know, I guess live. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> that makes sense. But it's, it's a different way of thinking. I think, I think, Ray, you you delve into like three D stuff. You say you want to do like like sculpture, welding, and all this stuff. I <laughs> I strictly would just want to do. Putting, he's putting my business out there, so yeah. I have this I have this like fantasy in my mind that I want to be like Flashdance, and I want to wear a big oversized, <laughs> a big oversized sweater with the shoulder off and the big the big helmet and just work on metal. <laughs> yeah, welder by day, dancer by night. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> That was my secret, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I totally understand. Just just doing concepts, but in paper. <laughs> On paper, I mean. <laughs> There's a lot to consider actually when you're when you're making it that it does complicate things. It, it might take away some from some of your inhibitions because then you yeah. have to, then you have to be grounded because you have to consider texture and Ex- weight. Yeah. And it's uh it's uh it's funny because one can't exist without the other, right? You know, like yeah. I've worked with stylists before where like they need to see like the client needs to see what they're thinking of on them. So then they'll ask me to like draw it on them and then they'll go from there. But like, I couldn't even think about like, like what you're saying was like where you do flats and patterns, everything like that's more of like a mathematical like kind of brain, which I just like don't have. So it stresses me out. The difference between illustrator and Photoshop. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) exactly so as far as art goes then like where where do you who are your influences like who have you who'd you study if anyone 
Um, I would say I'm, I guess just like name a few. Um, I really like Antonio Lopez, uh, Patrick Nagel, Keith Herring, um, uh, Robert Best, David Downton, JC Leindecker. Wow. Yes. Um, Mel, Mel Odom, I believe that's how you say Line, it. Leindecker is just like insane. The angles. Oh, so good. The, the sharpness, the, even like the folds, like they're very like, you can almost build it. Mm -hmm. solidly there's nothing nothing flowy but still movement <laughs> yeah that's what i really like about his art it feels like super grounded like it's like it's it's definitely um you know realism but it's it's also super stylized and that's yeah. what i tried to do with my art is like i really like like a stylized graphic look but i like how he blended like the stylization with the realism it's just it, it's really satisfying to me and the overt queerness like that mm -hmm. that was very well, bold too yeah i think there was a documentary on him on paramount last year that came out i can't remember but it, it was it. it was really good it was sad obviously but it was like cool too because like he was a celebrity back in the day like just for being an illustrator and a, you know pretty much like known queer illustrator and it was like the 20s so it was like kind of okay <laughs> but it was interesting. Wow. And Nagel, Nagel is like, talk about the eighties. Like he is like, he's a staple. Yeah, absolutely. Imagine being an artist and defining an era. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's yeah. intense. That's pretty strong. So crazy. And then uh, two, two more recent inspiration or uh, people that inspired me were um, Glenn Hansen and Stephen Thompson. Um, oh my God, Glenn Hansen. Don't, don't get me started. I think everyone knows from like the bod, um, <laughs> yes the <laughs> but he's done like so much like he did like the i believe he did the character design for the beetlejuice cartoon in the 90s like, yes. like and then he also did the he directed and designed for shiny toy guns the ghost town video oh my god so cool <laughs> like so talented and he's also like just a sweetheart he's always been so kind to me um so same, same. yeah i really really respect him Absolutely. Maybe we'll harass him next, but this, <laughs> yeah. this is about you. <laughs> Speaking of drag, like mm -hmm. you're a performer as well. How's, how'd that come about? What's your name? What's your um, favorite song? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not currently performing. I haven't performed in about three years, but I did perform, like I stopped kind of like right in the pandemic hit because all the clubs are closing and everything. And it was just kind of like a, another, like, you know, it's such a, a heavy creative outlet that it's like, it was a lot of energy to, to devote to it. And I didn't want to do like the, personally, I just didn't want to do like the Instagram live drag and everything like that, right. just like stressed out. Um, but yeah, I, I started in like 2010 um, and I went to the art school I went to had like a, a student drag show um, every, like every week before Thanksgiving break. Really? Yeah. And I, um, I did that and um, loved it. That's pretty fantastic for a school to offer something like that. Yeah, we, we, um, it was cool too, because like that's kind of this art school is kind of when it came into my own because, um, I was like away from home and then like I was around gay people finally. Like we had like <laughs> SSA and everything. And it was just like really like, I was like, oh, there's other people that are like me that exist and are fine and happy, you know? So it was like a really good environment for me to, to flourish. Um, but yeah, so I did that drag show, and that's how I met uh, Nina, Nina West. Um, and uh, then there was a, a local bar called Havana that had Miss Havana, and my best friend, who also was the president of the GSSA. Um, oh, wow. And he's the one in Harlem. Uh, we still like talk every day, and he does drag too in, in uh, New York. Um, Who's, what's his drag name? Carrie Kerning. No, I know that. Yeah, <laughs> he's... He's made a good name for himself, at, at, um, so he's he's really talented, and you should definitely everyone check out his his drag. It's I believe just Carrie Kerning on Instagram, but he's really funny. Um, but he won Miss Savannah, and I was a runner up. <gasps> oh, so, my God, the drama! How did that? Yeah. <laughs> but it was fine. We were like both. I was super happy. I was like, I couldn't be happier for him. And then after that, uh, Nina like messaged us because she was the like the the host of that show. Um, she was like, do you guys want to do my spring show? And we were like, oh my God, yes, yes, yes. Cause like, like, you know, before Drag Race, like Nina was a, le she's been a legend for, for so long. Like she won Entertainer of the Year in 2008. 
and it's like you know like a staple in columbus um wow. so we were like so excited and like since then we were like well we do drag but we can also like you know help you with other stuff like we can do like help you with set design and like poster design and stuff and so like since then this like we and nina loves art and artists and she's like always down to collaborate so like since then it's kind of just like snowballed into this like fun like collaborative drag and art like kind of house that that we have that's amazing um, that yeah. is, well, you guys are the house of west like this is yeah. <laughs> um but yeah you know since then i've been either doing like i mostly did like nina nina shows or virginia who's her drag mom like her shows uh for the past like like from 2010 to 2020 um and uh you know do like other night gigs here and there um and then i would like help do like some costume design and uh poster or like ad ad work design as well um on the side with my like nine to five job too <laughs> so goodness uh, how, how did you find the time i <laughs> don't even know like, I <laughs> tell you. you're every woman so what what's your drag name my drag name oh sorry <laughs> i'm like sorry if i'm talking too much too no no you no, can't no, um, my drag name is Barbie Roberts, which is the the real name of Barbie, like the Barbie doll. Like her full name is like Barbie Millicent Roberts. So, and I've always loved Barbie. So I was like, I want to be Barbie. <laughs> I had no idea. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> cool. <laughs> so is your style, describe your drag style. Um, I, I don't know if I have like one specific style. I would guess mm -hmm. it's like, I would like to think like, I think my drag inspirations are people like like Milk or Aquaria, where it's like like glamorous or avant-garde. Um, I'm not nearly as polished as Aquaria, but I would mm -hmm. like to be. Um, but yeah, really just like either like incorporating like with my art, um, like pop culture moments in my drag or just like trying to balance like or trying to emulate like the fast, the masculine and feminine. Uh, I used to do like Freddie Mercury mixes and those okay. are my favorite to do yeah just because it's like i get to be this like strong like queer sort of androgynous like presence and it's just it feels really liberating and that's the thing i think in a stage presence you have this persona that you can create right when yeah, you're up on stage or performing mm -hmm. yeah and it's uh it's you know i think it's why people do drag it especially queer people it's like really freeing to uh to have that that moment on stage to feel like maybe not 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 you but not this side of you that you don't get to share with everyone right um, and it yeah it's 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 really fun <laughs> I, I definitely definitely recommend at least everyone try it once in their life oh eric has oh, oh really <laughs> I, you can't even count that as drag but it, my friend uh, it was my junior year in college my roommate and i just in drag for Halloween. That was a hot mess. But did you like it? Did you like feel different or did you? Uh, you know what? Actually, after putting on the makeup and everything, I make an awful woman, by the way. But it was, <laughs> I, I also see what women go through, I guess, with right? you know, preparing. And, and I was wearing flats. And by the end of the day, I couldn't walk. So I, I don't know how women wear pumps and <laughs> stilettos. And it's. Like, I, can't, I gotta give it to that because that's them every day you know that's, <laughs> but, that, that's every day but like what about the six seven guys who do that who <laughs> wear those like massive shoes and they make they're like eight feet tall i don't know how they do it i know i i would check my male priv privilege like every time i would like de-drag and be like i have the privilege to like take this off yes day, you know yeah. um so yeah it's and it's yeah it's a lot it's a, it's drag is not um it's not a comfortable. <laughs> no, no. I mean, I'm tucking. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I think well, that is the different thing beef. that would scare me the most is the tuck. <laughs> yeah. But um, no, you're going to have to share some pictures. I would, you know, I haven't seen you in drag. So. Absolutely. Yeah. I'll yeah. Send some of your way. Cool. I've seen, I've seen the Little Mermaid performance. Oh, yeah. That was uh, for, I believe a spring show for for nina it was uh called ohana and it was all like family centric so we did oh that means family really special <laughs> the great show you were ariel that was really nice 
Yeah, I, I was Ariel and I did a mix of Daddy Issues by Demi Lovato and then <laughs> like through it, Ursula like says like, don't underestimate the power of body language. And then it goes into body language by Carly Rae Jepsen. Oh my gosh. He ripped my tail off and thought he was That's fantastic. That's epic. Carly Rae is like a guilty pleasure, but not guilty pleasure. Because I'm not ashamed, but also like <laughs> some people think I might be much. But like, <laughs> no, <laughs> I went to see her live and I, the audience, we, we went together and it was mostly like gay men about our age and oh girls, little, little girls. <laughs> yeah, there was like no in between. <laughs> that sounds She's great. We love Carly. <laughs> oh, yeah. I saw Carly three or four years ago and it was mm -hmm. like in Cleveland, which is where I'm at now. And it was like very strange because it, there weren't a ton of gay people, but there was like these like straight guys, or at oh. least you know straight presenting, and they were, like, gushing, <laughs> they were gushing about Harley Ray, like they were like about like sports, and it was I was like, what? Where am I? What is going on? <laughs> like an alternate reality. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it didn't feel unsafe, so it felt good. Like it felt like a good vibe. It was just not what I was expecting. I guess. <laughs> wow. So. You got your nine to five, and that keeps you busy. Is that? Yeah. How long yeah. have you been at that? Uh, ten years. Wow. Mm -hmm. Look at you. That's is it like right right out of school. You're just like, bam. You're uh, it was about a year from graduating from the art school I went to. Yeah. That's awesome. Is that also in in the creative realm? What yeah, it's uh, okay. It's um, I'm a content designer. Is my like formal uh, title for this company, Print Syndicate, which has a site that we kind of operate out of called um, Look Human. And okay. I'm just designing content for like wearable items and like household items and like stickers, all that kind of stuff. Like, like similar to like a Redbubble, but it's like more curated by like uh, specific designers we have in house rather than okay. someone that can just like add, you know, That's whatever great. design they make. Yeah. I mean, you, keep, you keep the art going all the time. Like yeah, I'm kind of like never stopping until recently where I'm trying to take more conscious breaks. <laughs> no, you can't burn yourself out, you, you know. Exactly. You have to take time to yourself. Yeah, uh, it's, it's been a tough couple of years. I don't blame anyone for struggling right now. Yeah, yeah. I took like a, just a, and I didn't publicize it, but I took like a little like three month break. And then it was really nice to hear like people reaching out and being like, are you okay? Like, where's mm -hmm where's your art? Like, are you posting? I'm really sad to not see your art. And I'm just like, yeah, I'm just, I'm just chilling right now. Like I just, it's hard for me to make art. So like, yeah. I'll, I'm fine, but you know, burnout is real. And you know, what's, what's your preferred medium? Like what, when you do throw down, like what's your, Oh, just, it's all digital now, pretty much. Um, I used to just specifically work like watercolor um, traditionally, but yeah, I just work in Illustrator and Photoshop now. You can make the thing is even your digital stuff. The watercolor looks like it's still watercolor. Like you managed to like make that transition very. Oh, thank you so much. That was like I think my biggest fear when I was like starting to get into digital work is like I'm like I can't I don't know I can't wrap my brain around like how to make my work look traditional you know in a digital format. Um, so it's it's kind of like it's kind of been my goal you know and it still is like I. I try to work as hard as I can to, to make it look, um, you know, hand yeah. done. <laughs> it's all about finding, I guess, the right brush and the right tools. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Do you use, uh, are you uh, like Cintiq? Are you Wacom? Like what? what I'm Wacom tablet, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I was kind of considering Cintiq, but those are, they're so, they're, they're expensive. But yeah, they that's the thing. <laughs> it's, it's all really expensive. Um, have, you, have you tried those? No, I had like an opportunity to get one for work, but so I'm still like, I still get like stuck in my ways where I'm like, I don't want to try that. It's like too new and scary, but I should eventually try it. <laughs> oh. I'm totally looking forward to it. I want to, the Wacom I've had forever. I think I've, I'm still at a four. <laughs> I know they've advanced. Yeah, them, I think I'm, once I you think get I'm one. Four too. Like, I can't. Oh my God, twinsies. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember when I got, I got it through work. And it had to be like around like 2014 ish. 
so it's pretty old <laughs> do you still like dabble in the traditional do you still go back i tried like i think a couple years ago and then like i just got frustrated at how long like the process was and how messy it was that i like <laughs> just like stopped but then i need to get back into it because i'm like i just need to like i don't know oh, it's, just, it's just about doing it because <laughs> for example um we do traditional work at the conventions when we go there because you can't mm -hmm. really bring all that equipment with you and who you can't people won't buy you can't lug that stuff around so it's just we bring watercolors and it's the easiest thing to travel with because markers can get it can get bulky but yeah. the watercolors are it's it's a whole different way of thinking you have to it's kind of like reverse you're mm -hmm. doing it all in reverse because when you go digital you can you can change everything you can fix anything like there's no you're free to do whatever mm -hmm. but you're committed when it's on paper yeah that's why i think I, it still like scares me because I'm like such a perfectionist and I don't have like any editing tools other than <laughs> white paint or like whatever. So I just, I'm like in this really comfortable, maybe too comfortable space with digital art. <laughs> yeah, it happens. Your digital, your digital arts are amazing. Um, Thank you. Yeah. It seems you're also a big horror fan. What was your favorite Scream, by the way? I just recently watched Scream 1 through 5. So my favorite is four. Okay. I, I like four a lot. I think mm -hmm. two and four, and of course, the first one was very iconic. I can mm -hmm. see that um, rewatching it. But um, yeah, it's <laughs> four was really good. I kind of was disappointed with five. Everybody was talking how good it was in it. I thought it was just okay. Yeah. So I, I agree with you with two and four. I think those are my favorites as well. Um, and I think four was ahead of its time and basically did everything five like needed to do, but five was like, well, I don't know what to do anymore. So it like right. made kind of a, kind of a weaker storyline. I still enjoyed it because it was fun and I like love scream. So I was happy to have another screen movie. Um, but yeah, I just think four had like a really smart, like ahead of its time message about social media. Um, right. Yeah. And, like fives was like all right <laughs> like whenever the reveal like I don't, i'm trying to avoid spoilers and no one's right seen right it. right but yeah like i was just kind of like okay that's that's fine it's not it's not super clever or like me like super meta i guess like screen yeah. usually is but i still enjoyed it <laughs> right the, are they gonna continue that yeah they i think they're doing a sequel to the fifth one okay um, so I'm excited. I mean, I guess they got a good enough reception. I mean, yeah, you guys didn't like it. I'm gonna take your word for it. <laughs> I mean, it was, it wasn't as strong as four, I think. But I, you know, it, it'll move. It moved the story forward, I guess. Yeah, as far as like screen movies go, like four to me is like the stunt queen. Like she's the one. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> she did that death drop from that block right oh ab yeah abs emma roberts is doing if you watch the movie you know how many death drops she does like. <laughs> speaking of women and movies michelle mm -hmm. Pfeiffer, catwoman that's another one that's recurring in your in your galleries yeah so i don't know if i have enough time to to talk about michelle <laughs> but what i will say is i think she i think Ursula, Michelle Favors Catwoman, and Jessica Rabbit were like my like early drag mothers. Like they were like <laughs> yeah. they were just this like strong, raw, like, especially Catwoman, like especially her. Like they were just this like raw, unhinged, like like not, not quite sane. Sorry, what? Not quite sane. Yeah, you know, and like they were just like really they were so in so like just inherently like intriguing to me that I, I remember like every time like Catwoman in Batman Returns or like in the animated series like every time she was on screen I was like just so captivated and I just wanted more of her like I hated when she wouldn't be like on the screen I'd be like no more Catwoman I, I just want to be her on the, on the TV right now <laughs> how, how old were you when you first saw Batman well I was I was born in 1990 and it came out 
Batman Returns came out, I think, 92. So I was like two, two oh, or three years wow. old. <laughs> yeah. Which is crazy to think, because watching that movie now, like there's so much like sexual innuendo and like, oh, yeah. it's pretty dark and violent. And I can't believe it was sold as a kid's movie. Um, <laughs> <laughs> kind of crazy to think about but right. time, yeah. i guess the tim burton name is associated with nightmare before christmas and that might have yeah which i also loved that movie like sally was another like character i like lo- i had a doll that you could like pull off her arms and legs and oh my God. yeah i like, loved it um i was a creepy kid too but <laughs> i uh yeah i just any any kind of like female character especially if she was like a villain or like you know just unconventional i just like loved and worshipped and wanted to be as a kid um and it makes sense being a drag queen later but yeah. you know, <laughs> it totally fits <laughs> you're like confused because you you can't, you're told you can't play with dolls or you know like why don't you like the boy character and all that you know toxic mask like bs that you know we're forced to think is is the norm um or used to be you know right Things got that changing but yeah um Catwoman especially is just like always 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 going to be my favorite and like I don't know my my if you had to rate them, is like my hero <laughs> if you had to rate them I mean it's it's Michelle Pfeiffer on top right yeah I I would have to say it's always going to be like it's always <laughs> hold a special place in my heart but I respect every cat every iteration of Catwoman I loved Zoe's I thought she was uh, Zoe's Zoe's was great Zoe was great. And she was the, you know, like, I mean, if you look at Michelle Pfeiffer's Catwoman, like, insane character, like, characterization of, and, and departure from the comic book, right? So I think, like, I love her for what she is, but, like, Zoe's Selena is, like, super comic book accurate. And, like, there was, like, you know, com- there was, like, outfits she wore from the movie and, like, direct lines that have been in, like, Batman comics that I was like, as a fan, like super geeked out to see. <laughs> oh, that's I didn't know that actually. Yeah, me either. What, what was there one in particular that stood out? Did you do? You, did you both see the movie? Yes. Yeah. So do you know when at the end when she's in like the kind of like corset look with like the it's like a all pleather like corset and pants. It's like when she's going after her dad. Yes. Yeah. Um, that exact costume is in Batman Year One. Um, oh. Or outfit like the hair the corset the pants like she wears that exact like look um in in batman year one so i was just like super geeked out to see and i think i think zoe like said that she was like i saw that look and i want to wear it <laughs> oh cool yeah it was really cool <laughs> she's, she's definitely up there she definitely she delivered for sure and that was i mean she had the aggression she had the the emotion like it was catwoman comes from from a place of pain Mm-hmm. <laughs> she really she showed it because it's usually all about batman suffering it's like batman lost his parents he's a sad millionaire and that was called out on like there was so many things that that movie like got right oh absolutely yeah i i think it's honestly i mean i think it's a perfect batman film um i was really happy with it and it just felt so true to the source material and That's- it was so dark and like not a kind of if you, i love the tim burton films but if you rewatch them they're dark in a sort of like campy yeah very campy way which i still appreciate but like the comics are not the the the, the dark comics from the 80s and 90s are not that <laughs> they're not campy. No. <laughs> um it's a very big departure from what they used to be so so yeah i, I really liked that movie and i'm excited to see where the universe goes you think they'll yeah. continue with those guys they always give really hope so. every time they cast batman is a big deal but i think he did fine yeah i mean the movie i think broke box office records like the the biggest ones since like spider-man so like i think i know they're getting a sequel um so hopefully hopefully we get a new poison yeah. ivy is what i'm hoping for <laughs> oh my gosh i can't yeah that would be cool that, that again with the camp because like uma thurman was pretty impressed <laughs> i mean for, oh my god yeah for I, the camp i mean she's memorable she's very memorable for sure ivy. I love. I mean, I loved her as a kid. You know, she always hold a special place in my heart too. Like I had this like Uma Thurman doll from that movie that I worshipped. Um, and she like, was a drag queen. Was, yeah, she. Yeah, she, she was. I mean, Joel Schumacher, who like directed that and um, Batman Forever, like was an openly queer man. So like, of course, they're going to be campy, and Poison Ivy is going to be a drag queen, and the suits are going to have nipples and butt cheeks. You know, like. <laughs> 
Yes. That was, that that was, so I still love those movies. Oh, they're fantastic. It's just because you, you used to, when somebody's getting ready to go to war, they go and go fight. They put their armor on, right? They put their mm-hmm. the bandana, the Rambo, the, the, the yeah. boots on, the bandana. But in these movies, like, they put their ass on. They yeah. put their nipples on. They put the crotch on. It was like, damn, Joe Schumacher. <laughs> no, he he just he put his whole queer self into that movie, and I saw it as a kid. Didn't understand why I liked it, but now I absolutely do. <laughs> <laughs> Something about a big pink gorilla. <laughs> oh my god! Talk about Queen of Reveals. That <laughs> I love. I want to do a drag number where I start like in that suit, and then I'm just like Uma's poison ivy. Like that's like a dream of mine. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say, even with limited sewing experience, you can make a big pink gorilla. <laughs> I'll just, I'll source it. <laughs> but uh, it was, so much of it is impressive. Even like Eartha Kitt, like Catwoman has always been something to stand out. Yeah, I, I, you know, I think it's, it's such a, obviously this character speaks to so many people, especially I think queer men and women um, and has for years. And, uh, I just think it's something about that that unhinged, like raw feminine, like power and sexuality that you know it's kind of like drag. It's like I get to like express this part of myself that I ha- I've been told I can't be for so long, and, and it's this- especially that like feminine side, you know, like it's that hey, don't be too feminine, like that's bad because our society's messed up. <laughs> it, and- it's also there's a lot of gray when it comes to Catwoman she's she's the anti-villain right she's not mm-hmm. and she's the anti-hero she's all of that it's she wants what she wants and you know sometimes you got to break the rules to get it yeah That's... and she's not in, like she's not an ever inherently bad like i think maybe in older iterations she like would like maybe either hold people hostage or like say like allude to like killing people but like she has like a no kill rule now um like all she does is like really steal which you know is a crime but like there's people <laughs> like the joker or you know like right. these like horrible like killers like she's not that bad um so she does have like a moral compass it's just not as i think um archaic as batman's where he thinks in this very like monolithic way about yeah. what's good and bad exactly. um, and i think a lot of a lot of stories are gravitating more towards characters like that today, you know, like you have like the villain retellings, like the Corellas, Maleficent and Wicked's, you know, like you have mm-hmm. all these like characters that are interesting because they're more, they're, they're more than one dimensional. They're like, they're, there's this gray area of like, well, everyone has this like duality that is, it's, it's not as just like, Oh, there's good and bad, you know? Yeah, exactly. And we That's don't not- always have great thoughts. The whole, the whole concept of Catwoman that's changed in the sense of like, She's almost a Robin Hood mm-hmm, yeah. because they, they, you know, why is she stealing? But she's kind of justified in a lot of it. So it's, she, she speaks to the little man and while Bruce speaks to the millionaires. Exactly. Yeah. And I liked that in the new movie, they like call that out. Like when she's like, you obviously sound like someone that grew up having money. And I'm like, yes, get it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Where does Jessica Rabbit fit in that? Um, Jessica Rabbit, I think is just like, like she i think appeals to my artistic brain because she's this like really stylized like feminized creation that i like love and i think like you can also see some of her design like in in my like illustrative work like the tiny feet like the tiny waist and like just exaggerated proportions you know um and she's you know this embodiment of like old hollywood glamour and like sex appeal which I also like grew up loving movies like that were like the black, old black and white, you know, Marilyn Monroe kind of films. Um, no, we're, we're, we adore Roger and Jessica. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The whole, that whole commemorative series, but she's, while we were working on that, the question came up of would Jessica exist today? Well, it's funny because they just revamped the ride, the Roger Rabbit ride in um, a Disney Disney's like uh, LA location, like Disneyland. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically, what they did is they said they're going to make Jessica 
like the main character of the ride where she's like a detective now for some in some I don't know how that happened, but she's a detective and she's like the lead in the story. But what they really did was they just put a trench coat over every like Jessica like animatronic and that like <laughs> didn't change the story. Really. So I'm like, oh, so you're telling women they can't show their bodies and that's like feminist? I don't know. It's get it's a kind job of a weird and cover message. up. <laughs> get a job and cover up. Right. Right. Like it's like a I, to me, it's kind of anti-feminist, um, but I don't know. I, I know the character is controversial because, you know, it's this this hypersexualized image of a woman. So I can't, you know, speak fully to saying that's, you know, the correct way to show that character. Um, but I think for when she came out, like she has a cool place and she like was inspiration for a lot of people <laughs> like especially like i know tons of like drag and queer people love the character so no for sure she, i mean it's a staple it's americana it's pop mm -hmm. like she's instantly recognizable I mean, they're just characters that like just define again like they they're their moments they're moments in time exactly <laughs> guys she's, she's not bad she's just drawn that way perfect <laughs> <I'm> like... <laughs> They did release a little yeah. figure recently where she comes with a frying pan that has Roger's yeah. face in it. I I just, oh. Yeah, I bought that like last month. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a huge, I am a, it's bad. I collect like tons of action figures and dolls. Like it's, it's a problem, but. Oh, same. Uh, we, 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 we can relate to that. <laughs> what you got into the whole pops, like. Once you Funko Pops, we got, yeah, it's insane. The whole, it's definitely like a, a void. <laughs> just needs, always needs filling. Yeah, hey. same. Well, I think, I'm trying to remember the other character you mentioned in terms of inspiration. Oh, Ursula, yeah. Ursula. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think... you a gay icon. Yeah, I mean, obviously, like, she was inspired by Divine. Yeah. Drag queen. And... She's this like villain in this pretty queer allegorical story, you know, um, and it just makes sense that I would just like her as a kid. <laughs> I think like I saw this, it's, I saw it was an article or podcast, like different podcasts that say like a lot of queer people identify with the villains in the story because they are often vilified, you know, throughout their lives or outcast, you know, the outcasts in their life. And I think... I can, I can agree with that, but I also, when we look at the depiction of villains in Disney, for example, there's like Jafar, there's the guy from Pocahontas, mm -hmm. Scar, there's, yeah. they are so gay. Uh-huh, yeah, queer-coded for sure. Yeah. But those characters, so many villains. I mean, we can go down all the, the list of Disney movies, and it's, it's something about portraying a man with those attributes it's easily identifiable with, with villainy for whatever reason. It's just not. Yeah. It's either like the, the villain is like an effeminate man or a drag queen, like for the longest time in yeah. like Disney, Disney animated films. Um, or you have someone like Gaston, who's this like giant toxic, like masculine, like creation, but. Can we count the all... crap for Moana? <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, Gaston. Gaston was like, the lady doth protest too much, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he always had LeFou like trailing behind, so who knows what was up there? Right. <laughs> uh, how many buttons can he undo? Like, it's... <laughs> one more and he's gay? I don't know. <laughs> he's also. The villains become icons for those reasons just like you mentioned because you're identifying with them because you're vilified too mm -hmm. yeah for sure and that, that kind of goes wraps around back to catwoman <laughs> that's a yeah. whole like you've got a type yeah exactly <laughs> and, and i think i like noticed it in my like teen years but like like i said like for so long i would like like these characters or like want their action figures or dolls and I would like be chastised for it or I'd have to hide it or, you know, and, and it felt like so wrong, but now we're in this culture where it's like celebrated to like those things or in some spaces it, it still isn't, but I'm lucky enough to not put myself in those or 
have the privilege not to be in those spaces. Um, so I don't know. I, it's, it's, it's like a weird cyclical moment where I'm like, inherently I gravitate th towards these things as a kid. Then I'm told it's not okay to like that. And this now I feel comfortable enough to, to be able to share that part of myself. You know? It's like revenge nostalgia. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you really tell yeah. me I can't do this. I can afford, I'm grown. <laughs> I can afford it and I'm getting it. Exactly. Right. Yeah. There's like, there's like home movies of me. And when I was like, probably like two, freshly two years old. And like in every, like every like moment I'm like on film, I have this like, I think it's like a cake topper of Ursula. And I'm just like clutching it in my hands. Like it's <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> So yeah, I've, I've I've loved I've loved collectible things based on these like characters forever. <laughs> I had a sister, so I had like there there were like reasons why the dolls were in the house. Oh nice. <laughs> was, but Barbie got a lot of bizarre makeovers. I was <laughs> <laughs> she she would I don't know just give them like I chopped half their hair off, make them look punk. <laughs> That's so that's yeah, I think I think we all have that phase. Even if we didn't have a doll, we would like find one and cut <laughs> the hair off. <laughs> Give her some edge. Exactly. <laughs> Did you have you didn't have sisters growing up, so you didn't get the dolls. You had to Well, I, my sister um was born when I was around like eight years old, but she was like more tomboyish, so she didn't oh, really like it. So like it's funny because like my brother we're all like we're all like queer now so it's like it all makes sense but at the time we were all like confused because like, <laughs> my brother and i loved like dolls or like female figures or stuffed animals you know and then like my sister was born and people would buy her dolls and then like we'd play with them and she would <laughs> want like the trucks and stuff <laughs> <laughs> wow what did your parents do <laughs> well i think you know I think, like, for the most part, like, my mom didn't have a problem. Like, she loved us no matter what. Um, but it was until, like, I think she noticed, like, people treating us differently. And then she got scared and wanted to protect us. So, like, she would yeah. either, like, buy them for us and, and not say too much about it. Or, like, um, it wasn't really ever, like, a huge problem with her. I just think she just didn't want to see us, like... Like, yeah. I don't remember bringing dolls to school or anything, you know, like most kids would bring their toy to school, you know. Um, yeah. I, just I just think she wanted to protect us in the long run. And unfortunately, in the 90s, things were still a little backwards with boys can't play with dolls and blah, 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 blah. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, but things are changing now. <laughs> yeah. Depends and I think my dad was, like, happy that I, like, was playing with, like, the like a girl instead of a guy which is also like silly to think about but you know <laughs> i guess parents like find ways of trying to figure it out too so right it's true they, i mean and then there's luckily there's companies like gi joe that do have they do make female characters and yeah. it was always easier to get those because there was a boy toy yeah and i would uh i think the figures I had were like Batman, like we had like Catwoman, Poison Ivy, blah, blah, blah. And then like uh, Star Wars had like a lot of Leia figures, which I loved and played with. Um, and yeah, like I don't think I had G.I. Joe. I'm trying to think what other like female characters I'd have. I guess Disney, but. There was a lot. Yeah. Then. They were always kind of harder to find than the boys though. Like there'd be like one Catwoman in stock and then like tons of Batman. And it's kind of still like that. They were big. <laughs> The 90s was big for like female figures yeah i think it's when it just started they just started like figuring it out that like right. you know these characters will will sell as well and i don't know it's still it's and still not kind of sell, but like they're collectibles too like sometimes because there's less of them to the box so they're more valuable people chase them exactly yeah and then they started doing the variations like whenever there was a gene gray figure there was a dark dark phoenix yeah. with a <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah i love that figure <laughs> they kept they're getting prettier though <laughs> they're getting they are. i mean it's 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 cool to see like because they're doing like the like um sort of like revamps of like the retro like packaging and stuff now too yeah but, mm -hmm. like, figures look so good they look 
you know, less like static and and more like the comic book portrayal rather than, you know, this like kind of shorter, like stubbier version of the character, which a lot of the 90s figures looked like they just didn't look comic accurate. <laughs> they're getting but. so much better and they're getting prettier. I, I can appreciate like, and thing is like now, now it's happening now that I'm an adult. I know. <laughs> the hair sculpts are getting beautiful. Look at you. You know so much more. You know, you're just, <laughs> I'm impressed, Christian. <laughs> but you've been able to track us and carry on with like no matter where this conversation went. <laughs> I love it. I love it. No, I can literally talk about like at, like toys and female pop culture characters like all day. Like <laughs> And the drawing and the drag. Yeah, yeah. I'm super happy <laughs> to talk about all that stuff. Your family. This is, I'm, I'm glad to have talked to you. Oh my God. Yes. It's been so fun. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks oh, I'm for glad. your time, man. This is, we're coming up on, on the hour, but uh, <laughs> we can go on. It was a really good time. I had a great time too. Thanks so much for having me. Oh, thank <laughs> you. And like the links, we need to, <laughs> we need to, oh, see, right. Christian, we need to see Barbie. We'll follow you. Okay, so if you want to follow me on Instagram, it's just uh, C. Cimarroni. And then um, I also have a Twitter that's the same handle. Um, So I don't post too much art on Twitter, but it's more like Instagram for artwork. And I don't, like I said, I don't have like a drag um, Instagram because I haven't been doing it in recent years. But I will send you guys some pictures so you can share that on your story and everyone can see. Yay. I'll put I'll I'll put the links in in the description once we post it. Um, awesome. But thanks again, Christian, for taking the time and talking to us today. Oh my God! Thank you so much for having me again. It was oh, a blast. A pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Bye bye. Bye. Have a good one. Bye.